0: Welcome to Barbell Vitality Radio. I'm your host, Brent Ruska, personal trainer, yogi, and Muay Thai enthusiast. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock strength and vitality in your life. All right, Mark, thanks for coming to the podcast. Sure, man. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. (laughs) Introduce yourself. Uh, My
1: name is Mark Heron, and uh, I co-own a yoga studio. Uh, two yoga studios, now one, <laughs> here in Austin. I also own yeah. a uh, a coffee shop, a little yeah. grab-and-go that's uh, attached to uh, one, the studio, the main studio. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, a, I'm always hunting for, because I just moved here about six weeks ago, hunting for the best coffee. So I've been to a couple places, and I, I was looking online, saw Maha Coffee, and at first I was like, I don't know, let's go check it out. Uh, and then going in there, got an amazing coffee by your wife. And was sitting outside, and that's how we met. Correct, yeah.
1: You are just chilling out front. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's not. It's a grab and go coffee shop, and you know, we added a couple tables out front, and so hopefully, you know, that helps bring some people in. You know, and gets attention. You know, when you see people outside at a business, you know, it kind of helps draw attention to it. So.
0: Yeah, it's got, a cool, it's got a very cool vibe, and it's attached right to your yoga studio.
1: Yeah, recently we opened up the wall between the studio, and then that gives access straight to the coffee shop, which is pretty rad.
0: Yeah, and I've been actually eyeing that studio and didn't know even they were connected, and I've taken three classes now. We did one class out in Maryland.
1: You mean, at uh, uh, oh, you mean it last night. Yeah. What was at Mer- it? It's at Mercury Hall.
0: Mercury Hall. It's a, super cool spot. Uh, super
1: amazing spot on Austin. Actually, my opinion in the city, probably the top wedding venue. Oh, um, cool. Just, you saw how pretty it was. This huge oak trees stuck right in the middle of the city, unfortunately going away. Oh, really? Yeah. They just are not, um, viable with that much property and, They actually do 275 events, I believe, a year, and still not profitable when I think the taxes are what's getting them. So they've been sold. I believe they're relocating the building. And like a lot of Austin, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a condo situation or townhomes. Or seems like that's what's happening in Austin a lot anyways. Some of our, what, what are like, what you consider real Austin or what, if you've been here long enough, landmarks or places that make Austin Austin are becoming uh, uh, condos. Dang.
0: And you, you, you grew up here, right? I did not grow up in Austin. I grew up in Texas. Okay, cool. Where, 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 where are you I, from?
1: I'm from a little, well, not little anymore, but suburb of Dallas, Fort Worth.
0: Okay, so, cool. It's and, called
1: South Lake. It's and, like famous for football.
0: Nice. And how long have you had your two studios and now one studio out in Austin? Yeah,
1: I keep having to correct
0: myself. Um,
1: we opened March five and a half years ago. Awesome. So whatever that is, I think two, 2014 maybe yeah. or 2015. What, five years ago, five and a half years.
0: Sweet. So, yeah. I imagine if you opened a yoga, yoga studio, you must have some deep connection to wanting to do that in yoga. So where did your journey with yoga begin?
1: Well, it's, let's try to figure out how to be, because it's, it's a winding road, probably like most people. I started practicing yoga in college, and I was a college athlete. So I played baseball, and I played college football briefly. While in college, I took like a yoga class, and I was like interested in meditation as well, kind of really got me into yoga. That was kind of my first experience. So there I'm, what, 18, 19, somewhere around there. I still couldn't really grasp what it was because I just would like kind of dip my toe into the practice and not dedicating any real time to it. And at times it was just not fast paced enough for my mind and my body at the time. I wanted more active stuff. So I still, you know, I played baseball. So I ran, I lifted. And that's kind of his extent, is lifting and running, Yeah, lifting, running. Then we, uh, uh, we kind of, as, as, as athletes, kind of get older, a little wiser, look for different modalities, things that can support uh, us as athletes. And I started kind of practicing more. And what happened is I would leave my yoga mat and go, man, I should do that more. There's something there. Wasn't really quite sure what was there. Just knowing when I'd leave the studios that I'd practice in and go, there's just, I need to revisit that. It actually took an injury for me to make it to my mat more regularly. I, uh, what was I doing? I was running. Um, what do you call it when you run outside and you're in the woods? Trail running. It's trail running. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was trail running, twisted my ankle bad. And I couldn't, I mean, I was out of commission, but I could still actually do yoga. And so I went in and what I, I typically tell guys, because guys are the ones that have more trouble than, than women, as far as getting into the practice, I say, hey, do it for 30 days. And I mean, try to do 30 days in a row. Whether uh, you're going to make that 30 days or not, don't get hung up on it. 24, 25. So I kind of had in my head, I'm going to do 30 days of yoga and make it to my mat. And then I don't think I'd, I was like maybe 27 or something, if I remember correctly. And from then, I never looked, kind of looked back. That was like a big like turn in my road, if you will. Uh, and I started heading down where more meditation, more yoga, more mindfulness. And I've always, as an athlete, had a mindfulness practice, for sure. Always had a, some type of meditation practice. It was interesting enough, as I reflect back, When I was younger, when I was training for football, I had a pretty amazing mindfulness practice and meditation practice, but I didn't call it that. That's what's kind of, I didn't, didn't label it that, that I just, it's just what I did to get, to get ready when I, um, when I was training. Uh, Now I look back and go, that's what I was doing, you know, and so it's always kind of been part of my life. What did that look like?
0: What were you, what were you doing?
1: Interesting enough, I was actually pretty big from how back then for for my body size. Yeah. And I was abnormally, I would say, strong um, and fast for just who I was in the world, right? Like this, uh, I was my 40 speed and my 60 speed, because you basically do 60, was major league fast. I actually got drafted by Tampa Bay Double Race. Awesome. And then lifting wise, like my bench press was. Pretty, I would say, for how much I weighed and what I could do was abnormally strong. And what I would do is I'd go into deep meditative states when I trained, really quiet, get in my head, drop into you know, into the flow, right? Into this, this space where I don't know what way we describe it, but when I lifted heavy, I'm talking about heavy, when I'm on the bench and there's yeah. 315, three big plates on each side, and you know, I'm doing four reps of like eight. You know, when I'm weighed 220, you know, so it's yeah. like, so I was, I would just go to some place, right? I'd sit there and I, and then when I would go, I'd go and people would be like, what the, you know, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. what is happening here? What's, you know, in fact, in college, what happened is I played football and my body couldn't handle all that. It just wasn't made for being 220, 225 and lifting like that. My knees were kind of going. So I, and I played baseball too. So I said, I'm just gonna go straight to baseball. One of my baseball coaches, I hit a home run and I was jogging around the bases in practice, you know, like a scrimmage. And he goes, steroids, you know. <laughs> oh, shit. So, I mean, so that's kind of the reputation. They, people thought I was on steroids.
0: Yeah, cause because you're just completely abnormal. Like, well, I mean, it wasn't,
1: I don't Now, look, look it's normal now. Yeah. Like what, what I did back then yeah. is average today. T- yeah. t- you weigh 220 and you bench four, 450 that That's still a lot, but that's not like, you know, it, I think that's average in college or NFL or something, right? Like, and that's kind of where I was in, as an athlete. I'm not really, you know, tooting my own horn per se. It's just I look back at that and go, well, how did I accomplish that? And I, I actually give credit to my mindfulness and being able to, like, kind of drop into the space. Because uh, I actually remember, I can actually go there now, even thinking, remember about it when I would lift the heavyweight it actually felt almost like nothing, even though it was heavy, because I would just kind of go to this place. Anyway, so that's kind of led me to this. So, so why yoga, where I got here, Long, I'm kind of being all over the place and digressing. No, it all makes perfect sense. Um, I got a divorce, was not yoga teacher training, so I could just deepen my practice. And after my divorce, I met my current wife, I was looking for a completely different change, wanted to do something different, and she was kind of, um, in this town, known in the yoga industry, like as a teacher, as one of the top, if not the top, and that's, of course, is an opinion, who's the top yoga teacher in Austin. Totally. There's so many amazing teachers, um, and in fact, Austin is, is you know, we we kind of joke, and because when we, this little short digression, it's funny. We used to have a pricing for teachers, like yoga teacher pricing at the studio. And we had to take it away because so many people have done teacher training in this town. It's like, everybody's done teacher training. So you can't like, (laughs) like if you're giving a special price for yoga teacher, like yoga teachers that have 10 teacher training, I mean, you you wouldn't stay in business (laughs) because everybody's teacher training. Um, but this town has, you know, a fair share of freaking yoga teachers and really good ones. And so my my wife was one of the best ones, uh, and she was she. What's the right, right word to describe her? She's phenomenally powerful and and she's con, she's alpha. She's strong. She's clear. She speaks clearly, and she and, and that can be intimidating, especially to some women, like certain type of women personalities can be intimidating, and then others aren't. But my point is she had a reputation in this town. Some loved her and some thought, whatever. It's like anybody else, anybody that's dynamic, you got fans and you got people, you know, throwing stones. It's just, it's just what it is. Yep. You're, in fact, I think if you're doing anything great in life, if you're doing anything fantastic and you're badass, you better have some haters. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. I think, and that sound, and I really believe that. So I looked and we talked and, and we started dating and, uh, I was a professional photographer and I did some design work and, and I was just like, man, why don't we just start our own studio? And, and she wasn't really on board with it at first. One, we just started dating and I don't blame her. And I tend to be like full, let's go, whatever, let's do this and long, and and get to the end of it we started we to fi- it came to that we finally started our own studio and what ha- we took every which great it's a good story we took everything we had she had x number of dollars after she was divorced too she has, she has two kids i have two kids she took her finances and my finances was not after our divorces and after all this dust had settled we both have again two kids so we, we didn't have a lot and we put everything we had into the studio awesome. and, and so when i look back um I have. Yeah, I'm not a big person. That's one reason I don't like I talked to you before we got on this podcast. That I don't really actively participate very much in social media. I, I don't really believe in like bragging about myself. Just not big into that. It's not I'm, my ego was fed enough when I was younger, and so I'm not looking at, at where I'm at in my life right now to feed my ego or try to take my identity and and make it more important than anybody else's. But I do look back and say, wow. Five and a half years ago, we took not a lot, and we turned it into uh, you know over a million dollar business within you know five years. So yeah, that's so cool. We're, we're super cool. I mean, super great. We're doing what we love. I think that's why it's successful.
0: Um, yeah, you guys seem like an incredible because
1: that's, that's that's the yoga thing. You know, that's that's where I'm at with the yoga. It's how it happened. It, it, it unfolded, and, and uh, it's really what I want to be doing right now, you know, it's not, when I was, you know, taking pictures for, for 15 years, and doing design work, I love design work, so that, I love creating, creating things, but photography was, I was good at it, but it wasn't like, I didn't wake up, and, and want to go take photos, and I knew that, so I was like, I need, so what yoga does allows me, the yoga business allows me, not only to, to, to teach, which I love teaching, it was actually the first job I ever had was a, was a, a, a preschool teacher when I was 18. Oh, cool. So uh, I've always loved teaching. Uh, substitute teach. I taught the school for the blind for here for a years. So teaching is a part of who I am. So teaching, yoga, branding. I get to do all the branding because that's in my pocket. I do that. Design work. Interior design because I, I shot interiors for a decade. So when I was a photographer, most of my business was 10 years of shooting interiors. And then so I get to do that for the, for all of it. So it's like, I kind of get to do everything I love and, 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 but I get to do it in a way that, that I want to do it. So I'm not working for a client. I'm not working for someone over, you know, that's over my shoulder telling me they, they need it like this or like that. So creative freedom, I have complete, you know, you know, control uh, of the
0: creative process. Yeah. It's just a creative playground for you to just unload all your ideas and thoughts
1: yeah i mean anything we want to do we can we can give it a go and try it out and if it doesn't work then we we get response and or no response and make decisions but but yes we can pretty much do and and
0: try anything and see see how it works that's awesome i actually uh am rebranding myself and i've used to my designer uh pictures that i sent her of your spaces because i really like how you've designed the interior and done what you've done it uh, it's very inspiring. Well, I appreciate that man. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, mean, I i like the vibe. People I would like people ask
1: and i'm always like add plants. More plants. <laughs> I mean literally like i mean it's more than just plants and um, one you can te- you can te- you can teach design for sure. Like composition Colors, textures, all that can be taught, um, and then at the end of the day, um, it's an interesting. Design's interesting because it's everywhere, and it's what we're attracted to, right? It's what we're we're drawn to. Cars, furniture, rooms, businesses, places that you frequent. Depends on your personality too, right? Like some people yeah. have, but I always say. Do it feels good. Most of the stuff that if you go to our house, our studios, or the coffee shop, everything is like, do do we like it? Let's get it. It's going to work somewhere, sometime. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So it's not like ever, we didn't, there is a design process for sure. If you have the resources, the funds to lay out this whole storyboard, colors, textures, types, this, that. And that's, and that's great, and that's fun, too. I mean, that's awesome. For us, it, because of resources, you know, and, and being able to navigate, being a parent, and limited resources at times, you just try to pick and choose and say, okay, I like, I'm in this store, and I love that chair. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to get it. And then it finds a home. And that's really kind of how our design process actually works. We've actually talked about trying to That's super do rad. a little design team, me and Aaron, but I don't know if it would translate as much to a, cl- like as a word the designers and then a client, It might, but at the end of the day, it's more like, Hey, do you, it's kind of funky. There's like, I like mixing all kinds of styles, you know, it's kind of like yoga too. I don't making this kind of connection to yoga yoga like is so branded across this year. There's, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's, it's all yoga. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like, like different styles, I mean, different, different lineages. styles, different lineages, different teachers. I follow this, I get different dogmas, different, you know, kind of, if you're more dogmatic and I believe in this or this. And for me, I, I, I kind of laugh at it all because I just look at it as all yoga. Like all of it is a practice and of the eight limbs you know, all of it. You're just combining, and you're, and if you're awake and aware of what's going on, you're you're really dropped into being able to see that it's it's just all connected, and it's it's a big playscape. It's a playground, really. Life, and if you can be lighthearted about it, and whether you're designing or you're running a business, and try to have fun, I think the rest of the stuff works itself out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you if you're tight, you're trying to make shit work. It typically won't.
0: Yeah. You know, I wanted to go back to so you did the 30 days of yoga and obviously something happened in that period of time that hooked you. So what did you experience from day 1 to day 30, the changes you experienced and then kept you coming back for more?
1: Okay, so for me yoga like I try to tell people like it, you can't explain necessarily what happens on your mat. You can try to it's, it's a spiritual practice or it's not a spiritual I don't know, but, what are, I'm going to ask you, your you're, you're, you're guy, what do most guys say about yoga? Like, they say, hey, I don't... They don't I, practice? I, I can't do what?
0: I can't, I can't, can't I'm stretched. I, I can't stretch. Yeah. I can't touch my toes, right? Yeah. Uh, it's always they, something i guys, I think guys have a perspective of, like, it's a performance thing. So, I can't be good at it or because I'm tight, therefore I don't do it. Yeah,
1: it's, I'm not good at it, and I can't touch my toes. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah it's... I,
1: and, or I stretch already. Or I stre- I right, or whatever. And so for me, what happens and what happened is that you, you access a space within your body. And within, uh, so your body is carry, carrying, you know, energy, right? Uh, your mind is, uh, the, the thoughts of mind are part of brain, right? This is the subtle part of your body. During the practice of breathing and connecting movement and paying attention to your breath, doing the shapes, there, there, there's a place that we're able to, to access that I feel like is more challenging to access in other modalities. Swimming for long distances, super meditative, right? Underwater, dropping in, bicycling. There's different ways to drop into these deep, when I weight lifted, some meditative states. Like a flow state. Flow state, that's what I was looking for earlier, flow state. So you drop into a flow state. But yoga, for me, what the difference is this. The big thing I noticed is, so I, I struggle with anxiety. Struggle, and who, who yeah. are we cussing on this podcast or now?
0: Yeah, go for it. Okay. Rip it. Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who fucking doesn't struggle with anxiety? Okay, especially fucking today. Everyone's now hiding in their houses because it's COVID, right? No one wants to come out. Yeah. And the people that want to come out, you know, you're either then anti, like, I'm, you're, it's just polarized, right? So anxiety, and I used to manage my anxiety. I, I was put on drugs when I was younger, like when I was a teenager, and then and then they treated me, you know, like they do. Still, very uh, antiquated way of dealing with mental disorders, if you will. And they're not even disorders. We are all fucking have mental disorders. I mean, literally everybody. Is mad. Nobody is sane. Nobody has it all figured out. No one knows what the hell's going on. That we're all literally confused. That's the truth.
0: I think I saw a quote in my neighborhood. It said, "If we are, w- if we weren't all crazy, we would go mad." Some something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, different yoga teachers or
1: meditation teachers talk about it differently, but the, the reality is, we're in Buddhism and and modern day Eckhart Tolle, whomever the consensus is the mind is crazy. It's confused. I used to handle that by running. I would run. I would just jog and I would enter into a flow state. I'd have those endorphins and the highs, but then that would quickly fade. So I'd have like a flush of ideas when I run. And then I'd get back after my run. And within 30 minutes, it kind of like a crash, almost like drugs up and then down. With yoga, I found out really quickly, and that's why I say do like 30 days, because there's a sustaining quality to the practice. If you're doing yoga once a week, you might have a great experience, improve your flexibility, have a connection, enjoy that kind of check mark on your schedule that that's your kind of yoga for the week. On Mondays, I do yoga. But if you're practicing asana, which is the physical practice in breath, and meditation, I'm going to say five out of seven days a week. You're going to have some type of sustaining quality of energy. That's far different than I've found in anything else I've ever done. And I've done, I think pretty much most things I have, you know, I'm not, I've done rowing and, you know, um, there's definitely some things I haven't done, but i have done quite a few, uh, different kind of, let's say I pursued avenues of exercise that can help support health and well-being. And I still do that. I still do other things. And Nothing sustains my, my ability to find some equanimity. So equanimity is not balance, right? It's, just, it's a place where you're, you're being able to hold the space for all things in your life to kind of... It's, it's the calm within the chaos. Mm-hmm. Chaos still s- swirling around me, but I'm calm. I'm able to find equanimity in the utter fucking madness of what the world presents. Totally. I have just still don't find anything other than yoga that does that. You know, coming to my mat five out of seven days a week, most times six now out of seven, I have found equanimity, and to a certain extent, more so than I have if I went into a regimen of just lifting and running, which I used to do for 20 years of my life. So that's ultimately... So, so to answer your question, it's a long answer, but... No, this is perfect. This helps a yeah, lot. Yeah, during that 30 days, I just realized that... I'm I'm a more well being. I'm I'm hel- Not I'm healthier in the mind, body, and spirit. Right. That's what we talk about. We want mind, body, spirit. Uh, if you don't want to be spirit, let's say you're uh, atheist or agnostic. You know, um, you, you know, you're you're completely what? Let's see, um, atheist. Right. There's no god. Right. Well, then you're just working with mind and body only. Let's say, let's screw the spirit. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Yeah. Let's just be uh, biological animals, right? Like which we are. Um, Work with our physiology. uh, um, What do you call it? Physiology. Physiology. The mind or your thoughts are an energy of the brain, chemicals, right? All that stuff. Um, Yoga, whatever helps. All that helps me feel home in my body. It sounds really yoga-like and really kind of cheesy, right, honestly. Like, we do say stuff like that, and there's a lot of yoga speak in the yoga industry from teachers, you know. Nothing drives me more crazy than that, though, actually, is hearing yoga teachers or seeing it blasted across magazines or the news. Uh, nothing worse than seeing a local news channel cover a local yoga teacher. (laughs) It just, it's it's just, it's the stereotypical. It's so stereotypical and so just predictable and cheesed out. It's just, uh, it's a mess. Uh, And the practice is, it's ancient. It's,
0: we don't even know where it came from. We have ideas. There's a reason why it's been around as long as it's been around. Yeah. I mean, it's... If it didn't have a purpose, it
1: would have gone away. And, and let's be... Just to the point, yoga really, the whole concept really of yoga is to become one, to unite. That's what it means. Unite, yoke. Mm-hmm. And one with what? Like, really, one with the creator our creation or you seeing yourself as part of the fabric of it all, right? Like what's happening today in the world? Where's there, there's a big push right now in medicine work, right? Tons of ayahuasca everywhere. Fucking ayahuasca retreats in your backyard. Now I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. literally, Hey, I've got ayahuasca. Iowa- we're doing medicine work next week in my backyard. Come on over. And then we're going to catch the game. You know, it's like, it's insane. And I, I, sound, I, t- I talk about it like, I'm judging it. I'm not. I mean, it's, it's, if it's done mindfully, but there's not that many shamans out there. I'm sorry, <laughs> they're not, and they're not in my backyard uh, or down the street. So we, we do need to be mindful and careful with how we take some of these ancient medicines. And why I brought up ayahuasca is is this this concept of being one, right? You know, I, I go to this place, I do the medicine work, and, and I, I've done medicine, I've done ayahuasca. And you do. You get to this place where you're. But I'm like, you, I know all this shit from yoga. This is this is yoga, you know. Yeah. And th- that's why I I keep coming back. I teach it. I I completely dedicate my now the, my life and the foreseeable future of my life you know, until something changes to the practice of yoga. And yoga is not dogmatic. Like we are moving quickly into an age where we've. It may not appear that way because people are going to go kicking and screaming. They're going to hold on to their idols and their gods. Like, you know, until, it, but eventually the the scales will, will shift and, and we won't be so ideological belief driven in a sense of, of, of disconnection and separateness. Right. And, and so yoga, yoga works towards understanding that you and I may disagree greatly on lots of issues but underneath all that, there's a connection. There's a human connection. And that's what we're missing right now. It's not being played out in any type of mainstream uh, platform, right? In the United States, anyway. It, it's just all divisive, sensationalized bullshit. There's no yoga. Yoga is really the answer to all that shit. Because yoga allows you to have differences of opinion, but to treat each other with respect and understand that we're in this kind of place together. And we... Because the beliefs and the ideologies of of all live in an identity that's that's actually fictitious. It's made up. It's not even real, but we play like it's real, like it like it means something. I mean, you're going to die. I'm going to die. None of this shit means anything. I mean, no. it really doesn't mean shit. No. But you you will fight to the death over a fictitious belief, and that part is hard. For, you know, and I also understand, have compassion people that have held on a uh, condition, their belief, they've been conditioned their whole life, right, from birth. And if you took that belief away, and let's say it's a version of God, and you told them it's just a fictitious story you've been told your whole life, where do they go from there? Their whole world has completely been a sh- like an illusion, which it is. <laughs> the yoga tells you it's all illusion. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and so all that's in yoga, you know, and all that Right is then, this, and and you got to be ready to awaken. Now, granted, not all yoga is that here in the United States. Like w- w- my studio, Suka, we we teach uh, what I consider all the limbs of yoga, but from a very open and spacious place, not from an all-knowing place. And we address everything as an inquiry, as an open discussion, so people can kind of ask themselves the questions and come into their own space to make some decisions about what they're conditioned and believe, you know, and then there's other studios in the United States, in Austin, wherever that don't allow for, you know, they just, they just focus. What, Cause still I believe, again, I'm not out there that much anymore, really in that, in where I'm paying much attention, but I still, and what occurs to me is that most people still believe that yoga is the asana only, right? Yoga is moving your body, stretching, right? Whereas, And some studios still teach that, right? That no philosophy here. We're just teaching asana or breath work. Some people, you know, we've had people come to the studio and say, I teach breath work, not not pranayama. I'm like, well, breath work is pranayama. What are you talking about? That's what it means. It translates to You know, this this trying to, anything trying to market something, pranayama, breath work, breathing, you know, that's where it's at too. I mean, ultimately, all of yoga was to get you into a united meditated state to be, one with all, period. So we did all all the work so you can maybe get a little window into. And so that's my say, hey, maybe in our practice today you'll get a little peek into or a little window into how connected you are to each other in this room or how connected you are to your neighbors and how you're not that different from that person that you don't identify with or that person across the globe that you think... Uh, Ill things of maybe you're gonna see that that person is just a mirror of you, possibly, you know, and that's that's really what the practice is about. I mean,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I think last night we did a a chant or a prayer, and it was what was what was that we at did, the end, at the very beginning, at
1: the, oh, at the, the beginning, the, the, truth, I,
0: the truth one,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's just a mantra, and it's like Satanam ji and Waheguru ji, um, translates to like truth, satnam is. Truth is your name. Um, G is spelled like J-I, pronounced G, means like teacher. It's so like truth is my teacher. And, and when and truth as in capital T truth, and, and that's kind of another yoga thing that you could roll your eyes at. Truth underneath all the, the beliefs. like you Beliefs change. It's something people don't realize. Your beliefs change quite frequently Right? Because you're educating yourself, or you're opening your eyes, you're opening your heart, you're willing to change possibly your beliefs because you don't know everything, right? But underneath, there's some universal truths, right? And I think the universal truth lives in yoga, lives in this concept of that you're just like me, man. Brent is like just another variation of Mark. When I see something in Brent I don't like, most likely he's reflecting something in me that I don't like. That's people that irritate us the most. Are reflecting what we don't like about ourselves the most that's those are the truths. The truths are that we are energy that we know very little about how our consciousness came to be we know we know we're really connected to it all we don't really know how to explain it. These are truths and so this and so we honor the truth of living right in that way as our teacher, so that's what satanamji is. To me, it's how I describe it. Now granted, it it doesn't mean anything other than truth truth is your name, teacher, or something like you know, like a loose translation. And then Wahi Guru is uh, is like kinda like wow. It's kinda like yes, it's like celebrating. It's like yeah, woo. And then Wahi and that's Wahi and then Guru, and this again we get this westernized version of guru, and God man, the gurus are all falling, right? Quick, because they're just human beings, there's no real guru. Uh, they're all just wearing skin and muscles and bones and a heart beating and blood bleeding, so they're not uh, anything uh, elevated other than a human being. Now, they may have access, right, to energy like or, or access to information through deep meditative states. Gu, dark, ru, light. So that's it. Celebrate darkness to light. Guru means a wise teacher that helps you move from shit to shit times to good times, right? Like really, if you're just trying to be really, I try to make the yoga super accessible. So like, Hey, I celebrate day in and day out. I have thoughts, 85% of them scientifically that are not uplifting. So, and, and a lot of them are the same. And so I'm trying to transition these up, these thoughts that may not be uplifting or actions that may not be uplifting to actions that are uplifting or thoughts, which are actions in the mind, out in the head, or the brain, thinking thoughts. Anyway, I'm being long winded, but it just, Satanam, Satanam, Satanam Ji, Waheguru, Waheguru, Waheguru Ji. And you just, it's a mantra, right? A mantra is like sound vibration, meditation. And it's a way for us to rest the mind and sound. And then if you, Uh, Can drop into a meditative state through through doing like prayer mantras, and so that that's that's a big part of my practice. That's another whole conversation, but yeah, mantra is a beautiful part of my practice that I've stumbled into.
0: Well, you're actually starting a online meditation slash uh, studying court. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, so okay, so I do this a few times a year, Um, four weeks.
1: Four nights now it's online it used to be like I would do it in person I'm gonna start doing it in person again probably in uh twenty twenty one just kind of get through this fall uh four weeks of 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 meditation breath work and that sounds pretty general but the 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 juice of it is the conversation so you uh, Ram Das is a big inspiration for me so Ram Dass, uh his teachings his his books, uh, all all the stuff that he brought to this world through his experience and his studies with Maharaji, really inspires me. And he speaks like I hope to speak too. Is very like down to earth, easy to understand, not uh, too much woo, right? It's just like here's the teachings. This is what it's like to live the teachings. And so what happens is we all suffer, and so this is like a four-week series kind of talking about everything that we talk about in yoga all the time is why do we suffer? What can we do? What kind of practices can I put in place in my life that allow me to witness and watch how I work with my mind or I don't work with my mind? You know, who's in, who's in control of my mind? <laughs> Like who's manifesting my life? Who's creating like this? So this is like, it's all it is. It's it's like, so we will do a little breath work. um, And then we, I'll throw out a kind of like this. We just talk as a group of us and we say, okay, let's talk about, uh, and then I'll read something that maybe Ram Dass wrote. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about surrendering into God what does God mean? And can you handle that? Or do you need to reframe that? And can we use a different word like source or like, how do we support ourselves and navigating our thought process or lack thereof, like in a sense of what type of relationship do you have with your thoughts? I mean, do you think, I mean, this is this is like interesting conversation, so I do it in a way of like I don't tell you what to do. I am not going to tell you, but we're gonna I am going to pose some questions. We're going to talk about it, and then we'll do some some specific meditation practices like our pranayamas, breath work that that help um, get you more connected, right? That help you on a biological level. Uh, to help you on a, you know, like physiologically f- something's happening, but also mentally, like and talking about the mind, the, the, the mind is, is where it's at in yoga, working with your mind, especially now with consciousness, right? Consciousness is new. I'm a huge fan right now. I draw a lot of inspiration right now in my life from sapiens. Have you read sapiens?
0: No, my buddy has. He's told me a lot about it. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like a. I just wish everyone would read the damn book. Like, everyone should just. Like, there should be some kind of. That should be a government mandate. Yeah. Yeah. The government mandate should be like, fucking read Sapiens, dude. Because <laughs> it just, like, puts everyone in their fucking place. Like, you're just. You're like a fucking deer, dude. Like, you're. You were just animals. Like, we, we. Now we're conscious, but we weren't. Con- I mean, like, it's like 40,000 years ago. We would be indistinguishable from, like, just another creature out in the forest scavenging around, taking care of its young, just like a deer would, just like a, an elephant would, you know. We, and no one knows where consciousness came from. No, I mean, nobody knows why we have now this ability to reflect. And, and then where the game, while well, I was talking about fiction earlier, and why, it, the game changed for us as humans when we made shit up. That's when everything in the world changed. When we were able to buy into fictitious human rights is made up. I mean, it's made up. There's there's no human right. Yeah, you have no rights. You don't have privileges. You don't have any. There's no privileges. You have no rights. Yeah, yeah. You don't have shit. (laughs) No. I mean, you don't. Yeah. We all have to collectively buy into this stuff. That's why religion was created. And this is where I want people to start waking up to this is all created by us so we could so we we fall apart at over 150 people we can gather in 100 to 150 people and get along when it gets over 150 the shit falls apart quick it's like chimpanzees 100 150 you put 40,000 chimp think about 40,000 chimp chimpanzees in a football stadium What's that going to fucking look like? <laughs> Pure madness. Pure madness. That's that's also us. Okay, yeah. that's us. The reason we're not because we were we bought into monet systems, capitalism. We bought into empires. We bought into money. Money is huge, huge game changer. Uh, it doesn't mean it's like it's like Buddhism. Emptiness is nothing, right? But it's everything. It's like. None of it means anything but it but it does too it 's both nothing has value, but it also has value yeah it, it, you, it's, it, it is hundred percent the dualistic is, you know we live in duality and so that so 's where my teachings are taking me now It's just more this fascination of letting go because i again, the goal is to get into the flow state. How do I get into the flow state like right now when i 'm with you or when i 'm out? And Sometimes I can drop into the flow. So again, this is my first podcast I ever done, so I'm like, okay, can I get in? Can I, I don't, I don't want to be canned answers. I just want to kind of shoot from the hip because that's really who I am. I just want to speak freely, thoughtfully, uh, which is also takes practice to speak thoughtfully. Um, and if we've made everything up, it's it's it, there's the aha moment in that is that we can change anything. We can we can recreate, or we can tear down and build new, right? So there's nothing that you know people scream about tradition and this and that. And I look, I am sentimental with the best of them. I truly am, and I'm also like, like open to like doing things differently. I and mean, that's what we're seeing right now. It's playing out. We're we're looking. People are looking to do things differently. I don't see a lot of answers, though. You know, I see a lot of still division and separateness. If if that's what's needed to get to the other side, maybe that's okay. I, I haven't sat, you know, and, and enough with it to speak thoughtfully about the separate nature of what I'm seeing out there play out in the world. Um, I mean, what I'm speaking of is the polarity, you know, just how divisive we are and how... Uh, how we're really so divided. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's, uh, we uh, are, so here's the thing. Another thing. I'm just going to digress and go here. We, our minds need to be fed right now. We've trained them in the last, uh, again, I haven't given this much. Th- I have a right to take this back. I'm just going to spit it out there. Since the advent of, te- since technology's kind of, exponentially and just advanced, right? Just our minds like swipe left, swipe right, swipe left, right? It's constantly, you could look at that as constant food for the mind, right? It needs to rest somewhere, rest, swipe left, swipe right, flip up, flip down, whatever we're doing right on the social media news. It's, it's a heightened sense of neuroses. So we're, we've bought into sensationalism. And it, it's the car wreck. Why do people crane their neck at the car wreck and want to see? We constantly want to scratch the itch. Well, we're fed itch like things to scratch all day. Like all day, the news cycle is so turns over so fast. Yeah, and the next chaotic thing, the next. The next tragic thing, the next headline that get you, get you, get you right. You're just oh whoa, yeah. What's that? Scratch it, scratch it, scratch it. Or does that make sense? Like you're just constantly, yeah, exactly, fed this fucking neurotic shit, right? And so we lose sight of what the fuck is even real. I mean, we are what we're fed is like crazy shit. It's like it's sensationalized bullshit. Nothing's re- nothing's really happening. Did, or did that happen? Well, a version of something happened. But, of course, it's spun to sell something else so we can get, if the viewership's high and we're spinning bullshit, we're just going to keep spinning bullshit. And so that's what's fascinating to me is because the, I think the anecdote for all this is yoga. It's like, be still. Right? Breathe. You know, turn off all that stuff.
0: You create a space between the kind of chaos that's sucked you up and taken off with you. Well... Yeah, I mean, I
1: think we, we, we spend way too much time in our lives consumed with a world that is so fictitious and unreal. The social media world and all that shit, no one gives a shit. You're just looking for someone to like your stuff or comment The interesting thing is I could have a more intellectual conversation about this with about business because you've got to draw on people to your business. Right. And that's an interesting thing, too. Um, And why why kind of go off on this stuff is because it's most people all me want something. And then I want to say, well, what are you doing to get that something? What actions are you taking? And if you're just scrolling, wishing, wanting, you've got to start creating through action. So You manifest maybe with mind, right? But then the mind has to take you to action. And so that's what I really want people to do. Critical think, spend their time. We have limited time in the body right here that we know about. I mean, I... I From what I know, how it occurs to me that I I have limited time in this body, right? As a world that I know it. I mean, whether or not I can leave my body and go somewhere else, or I go somewhere else when I pass away and I re-inhabit something else, that's another conversation. But let's just talk about what I kind of know right now. I know I have limited time in this body. How much of that time am I spending on something that's creative and working towards manifesting something that fills me up? which typically what fills people up is connectivity to others, being in service to others, doing something in service. Or am I caught up, you know, wishing and wanting and scrolling left or scrolling right, you know, or what have you, or s- scrolling the news cycles or scanning the news cycles or bitching or complaining or, or what have you. And I don't speak for everybody. It just occurs to me that that. You know, it's almost as if, if we could put our blinders on a bit, which is normally I'd say you don't want your blinders on. You want to be open. You want to be able to see. But maybe if you just focused on your own energy and what you did best, it's kind of this little little Anne Rand slip out here. But I don't know if you know Ann Rand. Is just you're, there's a book called Fountainhead. It's back, kind of like a an early book. It's re, it's really good, but it, it it's a bit. Um, controversial, but it's this a concept, right, of, let's just look at it this way, that you, if you feel your purpose, Brent has a purpose, and if he's true, if he gets quiet and listens, and he pursues his, I'm going to say heart's desire, right, his, listens to his, his truth, whatever that might be, and you p- put your head down and you do the work, life, you're going to be in the flow state more often than not. But if you're constantly comparing yourself to what other people are doing and making yourself feel small, you're just going to play small and feel... And that's what I that's what I try to encourage people to do is like, watch where you're placing your attention and how you measure yourself up and what, what type of arenas you're putting yourself into. And this is not... Of course, I, this is not everybody. I mean, there's people doing phenomenal things out there. There's a lot of people doing great things. I just see that, you know, or I try to encourage people, my kids to not live in that world where you're comparing yourself. There's just no, I don't know if I think it was maybe Teddy Roosevelt. I can't remember it, but the quote is comparison is the thief of joy. It's, it's, It's true. Comparison takes your joy away, you know? And
0: it's so it's that's so it, true. Cause it. I have a buddy, I have a buddy who's reading a book. I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's it's on stress and it's a very deep look into how stress affects us. And he said there's one study in there where they would take women and they would put different images of women up in front of them and the better looking the woman was, the more the more their self-esteem went down. And you got to think if that's true, then if you're on social media how intense it's impacting your psychological well-being. Then they also took men and that were in relationships and they put women that were progressively better looking, which is subjective, but I don't know. There must be a way of measuring this in their study that the better looking or the more women they were exposed to, the more they became insecure of their current relationship, this like longing and desire. Yeah. No, I mean,
1: it's fascinating. Yeah, but also like doesn't make sense, right? It makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the uh, like. Let's look up the. Um, this is going to be kind of like, edgy conversation, but like the objective, like the objective, like of women, the objectivity. is the
0: right word? Yeah, objectivity. Yeah, of women, right? Yeah, objectifying them.
1: Objectifying women or sexuality of 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 a woman or or of a man or let's just say both sexuality, right? Yeah. Um The interesting thing is is we want to condemn like that concept in action, like people doing that, right? I drive down the bill every billboard is sexual. we, we don't we're not honest. I mean if we're going to be that's another whole thing. I, I could just talk for for hours on and this whole kind of stuff. this, this is what I do in my meditation. We talk about this stuff of meditation because I think some people think, hey, I just want to be taught meditation. And I do that. We're, we do meditate. We teach it. But we got to work with our minds. And so our minds have all this, this content, most of it conditioned. And most of us aren't honest. We don't want to... honesty's challenging. Ram Das talks about this. Okay, so Ram Das will say, like, Brent, tell me everything. What? You want to you wanna fuck your sister? What? That's fine. Who gives a shit? You, wanna, you, you thought about fucking your mom? What? Or, or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, any... He's like, these are just thoughts. That's not who you are, Brent. The, everyone thinks, you know, you want to ki- road rage, you want to kill your neighbor? You thought about killing your neighbor? We, we recognize these thoughts. We have them all. All kinds of thoughts, all kinds of things. And we don't act on them, do we? No. We, they're just there, and they're like, oh, that was, that was weird. Or, or, or we go, and if we identify with our thoughts, we go, I'm bad. I suck. I'm weird. I'm perverted. Guilt. I'm gu- guilt, shame. We live, God. We live in a guilt and shame. I mean, guilt and shame.
0: That's and, the Catholic Church, right there. In a in a, in a little box. Yeah. yeah in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you um, had a thought. You are a bad person. Repent now.
1: Yeah. So, um, um, they're not counseling sessions. I want to be clear about that. That's not. That's you know, um, that's not the intention. Um, yoga teachers aren't counselors. I do have a degree in psychology, but that's not what. That's not the role I play as a meditation teacher. But talking about the the interesting things that are incongruent in our world, right, where we we just talked about sexuality and the adver- using sexuality to motivate buyers to consume, but then and then acting on sexuality and then you f- get guilted or ashamed, and our people misbehave or make mistakes and then uh, they're not forgiven. Are there... Or there are, now, some things, right, let, let, let's be clear. We're talking within the, within the realm of respect, right? Just these natural human inclinations to desire and all these things. So I think it's important in our practice uh, of meditation, of yoga, and communication with each other as humans to be try to be as honest as we can be. It doesn't mean I'm going to share with you, Brent, that uh, if I have a thought come across my mind that, man... That Brent's an asshole. I'm going to go, hey, you're an ass. It's not that, right? Because th- there's no mindfulness to that. There's just a c- recognizing that we have thoughts. What kind of relationship do we have to these thoughts? Am I my thoughts? No. Okay. But do I identify with my thoughts? If I do, then I need to understand that I need to work with that because I can't identify as my thoughts because I'll have guilt, I'll have shame. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's again i could we can go down lots of roads but you know i'll let you
0: no that's great uh this is a super great conversation and i think we should definitely meet again and have yeah, some we, more we should probably
1: com- do we should probably do an outline or something next time because i think no, no, i'm known i'm known as a digre- like i di- i could sit here and just digress no, and do no, no, no.
0: all these kind of crazy thoughts and then i per i purposely have a podcast to be able to have conversations that go this direction because if we were to outline I have a general idea of kind of some things I want to, but I want it to go where it needs to go. Yeah. Because if I tried to think a structure to get to where we are right now and the information and the kind of wisdom that you've poured out, we would have never gotten there. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of like how I like training people. It's like I have a general idea, but I want it to just go where it needs to go instead of like, I could have forced us to a couple thoughts I had where I wanted this to go, but it went exactly where it was supposed to go. Right? And clearly there's a lot more. So, yeah, I, I mean, think this we can talk about this stuff infinite. That's what's, yeah, that's, that's what's great. What's,
1: you know, that's what I think these conversations need to be had more and more just about, like, yeah. you know, ways we can um, connect rather than disconnect. You know, I think a lot of time is spent, not to get on this again, but so much of what we're, I feel like time is spent sensationalizing a side, right? Right? You have a side, like you have. More well, let's say let's say they use a real life example. You have Democrats, you have Republicans. There's two sides, and so I'd like to have more conversations that bridge the gap. Like well, let's talk about how we're more alike than than not alike, you know, and then and have some honest dialogue and critical thinking. And uh, that's what's been missing, I think, in this whole COVID nineteen pandemic is no true thought leaders have stepped up. Young, and I say young. Uh, because, and I say young in a sense of, if you know, bless Joe Biden and bless Trump, whatever, right? They're they're grandpas. They need to be. It's time, right? For, there's a time and place where you're, you've you've had your your day, right? And it's time to kind of like be be supportive of of an, another generation, right? And that's kind of what. I was looking for in this in this time and age is that some young thought leader that's critically thinking that can speak clearly doesn't have all the answers doesn't choose doesn't say they're going to have all the answers um and I think that that's what yoga is to me yoga is like is is this bridge to it all it's not dogmatic there's no deity there's no idol right. But there's clear thinking. There's a there's a, like Buddhism as well, right? Somehow Buddha, Buddhism can be put into this religious category. But there's there's Buddha, but there's you're not idolizing Buddha. It's a framework. No. It's a framework. I mean, here's a framework to live by. Here's here's a way to live your life that supports. Uh, there's also Stoicism. They all kind of similar. Like different, sure, but Stoicism, Buddhism, yoga, all of them are frameworks that basically if you you know, put the practices in place, they allow you to have, uh, I would say, more access to connectivity and compassion for your fellow man, period. And you're able to have dialogue that's thoughtful without, you know, slinging
0: mud at each other and trying to throw rocks kind of thing, you know. Exactly. Uh, So if people want to take this course learn more, or they want to reach out to you for guidance, or they want to practice online or at your studio, what do they do?
1: SukhayogaAustin.com So Sukha, S-U-K-H-A SukhayogaAustin.com And my name is Mark Uh, You can email namaste at SukhayogaAustin.com or just go to our website, fill out the form all the information's there and then we'll end on this Sukha means like sweet space bliss or like ease it's the antithesis of you are the polarity of stira stira is the effort suka is the ease and we didn't know this when we opened up the business suka literally translates to bitch in Russian. <laughs> so it's, we actually have some Russians that live in the neighborhood and we are like, why are they here looking at us like taking pictures? So we are bitch yoga. If we, if we are, if, if you're Russian, our studio literally is called bitch
0: yoga. That's amazing. That's, I thought that's pretty funny, man. Well, bro, I really appreciate you being out here and taking time out of your day. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to share all this with, uh, your listeners and my listeners. And I think there's a lot of real rich reflections for people to have in their own lives. And hopefully this sparks uh, positive growth and change. Yeah, I
1: mean, if I leave, leave anything with anybody is just, if you're give, give meditation and yoga a chance, but give it a chance for, for like, let's do 30 days. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but 40 days is actually where you actually start forming habits, by the way. 40 days, not 21 days. Somehow we got that. But 30, 40 days doing something repetitively actually starts to change the, the brain. So uh, give it a go. 30, 40 days. Try something new. There you go. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you so much, guys, for listening to Episode 7. Really appreciate it. Go check out their websites, Maha and Suka, and sign up. Do 40 days or do 40 days on Aloe or Peloton or Cody. There's so many at-home apps for yoga now, uh, so there's no excuse that you can't make it and go do yoga. Do 40 days. Journal every day. Write down the little changes you start to experience. There is no reason that you can't do this right now. And if you commit to 40 days, something is going to change. All right, hope you guys have a great week, and I'll see you next time.